0: Welcome to That Rooted Feeling Podcast, where I bring you high-value health information and practical tips to help you improve your lifestyle habits with a focus on plant-centered nutrition so you can achieve optimal wellness that radiates into and improves all aspects of your life, giving you that rooted feeling that you won't know until you have it. Welcome back to another week and another episode of That Rooted Feeling Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brooke Stubbs, a board certified physician in both internal and lifestyle medicine with a master's degree in nutrition. And as always on this podcast, I want to give you beneficial information that's high value to help improve your overall health, lower your chronic disease risk, help you live a longer, more energetic, healthier life. So today, since We're just coming off of Thanksgiving. I want to talk to you about gratitude, the science of gratitude, because there is so much and gratitude really pertains to our health. And so it's not just something that is beneficial for you in the short term. It has long term effects on your health. And if you can repeat the practice over and over again, you can have extreme benefits on not only your mental, but also your physical health. Robert Emmons, professor of psychology at UC Davis and leading scientific expert on gratitude, mentions all the benefits of gratitude in an article published online that I have linked in the show notes. But I'll just list them here, and there are many. So gratitude lowers blood pressure, 16% lower diastolic and 10% lower systolic blood pressure. It lowers biomarkers of inflammation in heart failure patients by 7%. It improves immune function. It lowers the risk of diabetes by lowering hemoglobin A1C levels 9 to 13%. It facilitates more efficient sleep. Studies show that gratitude is related to a 10% improvement in sleep quality in patients with chronic pain, 76% of whom had insomnia. It slows neurodegeneration, so if you're at risk for dementia, we see that daily gratitude practice increases verbal fluency by 9%. It reduces cortisol stress hormone by 23%. It reduces the lifetime risk for depression, anxiety, and substance abuse disorders. So if you just have a two-week gratitude journaling practice, it has reduced perceived stress by 28% and depression by 16%. And then in another study, counting your blessings and writing letters of gratitude, reduced depression risk by 41% in a six-month period. It also helps to prevent suicide. So writing a letter of gratitude reduced the feelings of hopelessness in 88% of suicidal inpatients in one study and Increased the levels of optimism in the same population 94%. Grateful people engage in more exercise. 20% of patients in a study who had asymptomatic heart failure reported less fatigue with gratitude. People with gratitude have better dietary behaviors. Dietary fat intake is reduced as as much as 25% in people who make a gratitude journal. People who are grateful. Are less likely to smoke or abuse alcohol. They have higher rates of medication adherence. And all of these things translate into a healthier and a happier life. In a study published in Emotion in 2021, which looked at 5,000 people receiving prompts through a digital platform three times a day, they were given questionnaires following the prompts, the responses were analyzed to determine their propensity towards certain traits, right? Towards a positive versus a negative outlook while also measuring several physiologic parameters. And they determined that those that had positive psychological dispositions like gratitude and optimism were associated with lower average heart rates, lower blood pressure, better sleep quality, more frequent exercise, lower stress, positive expectations, positive reflections on their day, and greater feelings of appreciation towards others. So when your natural psychology predisposes you to being optimistic and positive, you're already in a great spot. But what if you have more of a negativity bias? What if you have more propensity towards a negative outlook? Well, the good news is you can actually change the neural circuitry of your brain with repetitive gratitude practices. And so there is data to suggest that if we perform gratitude practices repeatedly, we can shift the neural circuits to make more pro-social pathways as the default to our brain circuitry. So what is a pro-social pathway? So pro-social behavior in its simplest explanation is behavior that helps other people. And there are parts of the brain that are associated that make up this circuitry. So if you're not predisposed to having pro-social behavior, you're not really gonna fire this circuitry as much. You're gonna fire other circuitry, which is more associated with things like resentment and hate and fear. But if you have this predisposition, then those circuits are gonna fire. Well, if you partake in things that highlight the circuitry, you can actually change the default in your circuitry to go down more of these narratives. And I just want to note that Dr. Andrew Huberman, he talked about this on his podcast a couple of years ago. He said that these are circuits in the brain that bring us closer to details of an experience, right? So you don't Fear them. You don't want to fight or flight away from these things. You want to engage in this relationship or you want to engage with this food or you want to engage in whatever experience or scenario that is related to these pathways. So if something triggers this pathway, you are less fearful or anxious or defensive over it. And people who have this propensity have better interactions with others and actually with their own selves, promoting their own sense of well-being. There are two main areas of the brain that are associated with this and with gratitude. They are the interior cingulate cortex and the median prefrontal cortex. So we're going to talk about those briefly. And as we talk further, it's going to make sense why these areas are associated with gratitude and why these fire in certain studies when we look and analyze brain activity when gratitude is triggered. So let's talk about the median prefrontal cortex. This is the area of the brain. We know the prefrontal cortex is kind of like our filter. It's involved in planning and deep thinking. It's important because it sets context around whatever's going on. It determines the meaning of what you're experiencing and then it can affect different regions of the brain that can give you positive outlooks like dopamine and anti-inflammatory components of the brain. When we frame our experience, it's really important because you could be doing the same thing another person is doing, but if you are framing it through that median prefrontal cortex to be geared towards a more positive outlook, then you're promoting overall health. Just like if we do something deliberately for our health, but we would otherwise not enjoy it, it sends different signals to our brain. So for instance, if you get into a cold, icy, cold bath, if you're not anticipating it, it's going to just make you clam up and fear and become defensive and try and get away from the stimuli. Whereas if you're doing it on purpose for your health, then you have different motivation and different signals to your brain that promote your overall health. And then the anterior cingulate cortex is involved in empathy. So with greater gratitude practices, you get more robust areas of the brain like the anterior cingulate cortex. We also see neurotransmitters like serotonin, dopamine, and oxytocin all associated with gratitude. The areas of reward in our brain are often activated by feelings of gratitude. We know that serotonin and oxytocin are neurotransmitters that give us more contentment and satisfaction with our lives as opposed to an extrinsic focus like things like epinephrine or norepinephrine, those catecholamines. On the flip side, if we don't have heightened areas of our brain, like the anterior cingulate cortex or the medial prefrontal cortex, we might have those antagonistic areas that promote fear, defense, or freezing or backing up that aren't associated with prosocial behavior, like the amygdala. And so when we think about people who are recovering from trauma, gratitude in their daily lives is going to be a really important practice for promoting that filter that emotional resilience for increasing their positivity and their focus and those and changing those neuronal circuitry patterns away from things like fear and defense in the amygdala more towards a contentment and neurotransmitters of satisfaction and not always being heightened in a state of sympathetic tone or fight or flight. There was a randomized controlled trial in 2021 where they took 76 middle-aged women and over a six-week period, they had them journal regularly. They did a gratitude group and then their, their control also journaled. So once a week, Over six weeks, they received an online prompt for writing. And they were instructed to write for five to 10 minutes. And they would get different prompts, whether they were in the gratitude group or whether they were in the control group. So the control group would get something like, think about the longest distance you walked today. And they would write something kind of arbitrary. The gratitude group would get a prompt, something like, think about someone in your life that you feel like you never fully or properly thanked for something who did something meaningful or important for you, and then write about it. And then midweek, these people would get another booster to help them reinforce those thoughts that they wrote down earlier in the week. So before the six weeks started, they drew blood, they gave a questionnaire, and they did a functional MRI, so brain imaging to see different areas of their brain that were activated. And they saw after six weeks that the people in the gratitude group Had a reduction in their amygdala activation. So they had less threat detection, less fear, and they had lower inflammatory markers or cytokines, like TNF alpha was measured and interleukin 6, which are two very active cytokines for inflammation in the body. So we saw that there was less fear. There was less activation of the body's alarm systems saying that it was in inflammatory mode. In a 2009 study, I kind of already mentioned this, but it showed that people thinking and feeling gratitude boosted their serotonin and dopamine and activated reward centers in the brain. So they reported feelings of happiness and well-being. And a 2015 study by Fox et al. where they used functional MRI imaging again, which you know is high-resolution brain imagery to analyze the activity of different regions of the brain. They had subjects watch stories of the Holocaust and the survivors who had received goodwill from others. And when they were asked about the amount of gratitude they felt after these narratives were shown to them, it correlated to the amount of activation of these different areas of the brain, like the anterior cingulate cortex and the median prefrontal cortex. And given these findings, Dr. Andrew Huberman, who is a professor of neurobiology and ophthalmology of Stanford, he would have you commit yourself to a three times a week practice of gratitude that involved a short one to five minute practice that was grounded in a narrative of someone being either grateful for you or having that experience through empathy where you watch the goodwill of others, which is a very profound way to elicit this activation, this brain activation and to retrain your neural circuitry. But we also see from a study published in Cell that people listening to the same Goodwill story in different places at different times can experience a synchronized heart rate and breathing rhythm. So we know that it affects our physiology. It puts people, gratitude puts people in a more relaxed state, increasing their motivation and pursuits of well-being and lessening the activation of fear and anxiety. So it makes sense that you would have a gratitude practice that was based in a narrative where you had these themes of goodwill and gratitude and thankfulness. Personally, I've experienced incredible changes in my life with a simple daily gratitude practice, just writing down what I'm grateful for each morning, feeling gratitude through meditation, gratitude through prayer can also be highly effective. So whatever it is for you, do it, do it consistently. If you can elicit some very, very profound emotion, it is going to be all the more beneficial for your overall health, for retraining your brain, for promoting those states of safety where you lessen your heart rate and promote overall well-being in a parasympathetic state of contentment, as opposed to one with fear, anxiety, resentment. And you will see lots of health benefits in the process. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you got a lot of gratitude your way and around you while you were enjoying your Thanksgiving holiday. I certainly am grateful for the life that I have been given in the circumstances that I find myself in with the people that I share my life with. I want to send out all of the love and all the prayers to those suffering in Israel and in Palestine. And I just want to say to everyone, thank you for listening. And if you would, please subscribe, share, and rate the podcast. And I hope to see you again here next week.